If you have a Bible or an app on your phone or something like that, I want to invite you to find the book of John. All right, the book of John. And we're going to be in chapter 8. Okay, John is in the second part of your Bible. We have the Old Testament. We have the New Testament. Okay, the New Testament starts out with the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that's where we're going to be today. That the kind of, the, those Gospels, they tell the life and the ministry of Jesus, okay? So find John, find chapter 8, and we're going to look at that in just a minute. This morning is the sixth message in a series of messages that we've titled Encounters. And you might be thinking, sixth message, good Lord, how long are they going to go on this? It's going to be a few more weeks because, <laughs> yes, this series has been powerful. I mean, how can you get any more powerful than talking about the encounters that Jesus had with people, that people had with Jesus? That's what this series is all about. We're looking at the Bible and we're seeing different places where different people encountered the living Son of God. You see, Jesus was a real person, all right? These were not just fairy tales that somebody made up to get their kid to behave better or to go to sleep at night. Jesus uh, took place at a real time in history, and real people talked with her, him, heard him speak, and experienced the miracles that he did. And now, before we get into talking about this biblical experience that somebody had, I want to make it very clear that Encounters with Jesus did not end when Jesus left this earth, okay? Today, in our world, people still can encounter Jesus. It might not look exactly the same as when Jesus was here physically on this earth, but still today, we can encounter Jesus through prayer, through worship. I believe we already have. In fact, I believe we have another opportunity right now to encounter Jesus as we study his word, He's going to speak to us this morning. So we're going to simply read through an encounter with Jesus from the Bible, and we're going to ask ourselves, what can we learn from this? And what does this mean for us today? So here's what I would like you to do. We're going to read the word of God together. And out of respect for God's word, I would please ask you to stand with me. And we are going to read John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. Um, one of Jesus' disciples, I bet you can't guess which one, John, <laughs> wrote this encounter. He recorded this encounter for us. First one says, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. But early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? This isn't a trap at all, is it? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never values. I mean, that's such a Duh, statement. Like, we, many Christians don't know what the Bible says on many of these issues, and so we end up going with the flow, the cultural flow, the worldly flow, because we don't even know what we believe. We don't even know what the Bible says about these things. If we want to live what the Bible says, we need to know what the Bible says. So, basics. 
Read our Bibles. Like, let's read the Bible so we know what it says. Let's get into life groups. Let's study together. Let's talk about the Word of God. Let's talk about the hard issues that are going on in our community today, in our culture today. And our culture has normalized things like alcohol, sex before marriage, homosexuality, pornography, hate, greed, recreational drug use, and so many more things that you could throw out there, right? Um, Overeating and being lazy and all of these things are so normal, but we as Christians, even though they're normal in our culture, we need to live what the Bible says, even if our entire community around us decides not to. And here's what I've seen. I've been a pastor now for Oh my goodness, I don't know, 15, 16 years. It's not super long, but it's long enough to see some things. And I have seen that many people start to change their beliefs and their values when someone they love adds one of these things to their lifestyle. We want to make allowances for these things when it affects us or someone we love. But that does not change the word of God. It doesn't. No matter how much we want to believe that the way our kid or our parent or friend or whoever is living their life, like that way is okay with God. We want to believe that because we desperately want them to be right with him. If something is against God's word, it's against God's word. We have to stick with the truth no matter what. No matter what we come up against, we need to speak truth. Otherwise, that truth, check this out. It's going to start to become cloudy. The truth is going to start to disappear from our families, our workplaces, our schools, our country. Sound familiar? We're already going down that trail, aren't we? God's truth is disappearing from the American culture. As believers, we are called to live for him, no matter what our families, friends, coworkers, or our world try to convince us of. I want to read you something that the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Galatia. Okay, this is now like, 2,000 years ago almost that he wrote this. He says, I'm shocked that you're turning away from God so soon to follow a different gospel. Okay, let me explain here. The Apostle Paul helped start this church in Galatia. And just a few years later, they're already turning away. He, He says, you're starting to follow a different gospel, the good news of Jesus, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to twist the truth of Christ. Hmm, I've heard that. that, that's happening. Obviously, he says, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Paul is talking about people trying to twist God's word to fit what they believe and try to get us as followers to live that same way. But Paul says a twisted truth is no truth at all. And then he says, I can't please people when I'm trying to please God. It just doesn't work to please both. I can't do it, and so I choose to live for God's truth. Now, some of you are like, wow, this guy is black and white. He is super legalistic. He's a zealot. He's an extremist. He's a bigot. Okay, so here, listen. I want to get to my second point, okay, before you start throwing stones at me, okay? Because I am not in any way talking about judging people that don't hold the same values and beliefs we do. It's not our job to judge non-believers. It's not. And this also doesn't mean we get to get on our soapbox and condemn those who don't believe the same things we do. And this doesn't even mean that we fight against laws that would make our country less Christian. 
We are never called to do that. Jesus never calls us to do that. Look at what Jesus does in this, in this instance, okay? This woman comes up, she gets dropped in the dirt, she broke the law, she's a sinner, and he says, let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Do you know who that is? Do you know who the one who could throw the first stone is? That's Jesus. Jesus is the only one who's never sinned. He's the only one who th- could throw the first stone. Lawfully, he could pick up that stone and he could kill this woman, but he doesn't. What are we called to do? Love. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your enemy. Love people even if they aren't living God's way. That is the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Over and over you read it and Jesus says all of these things. Love, 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 love. You will be known by your love. All of these things. We should not be shaming people that are living contrary to God's word. We should be loving them. When our kids make bad decisions and they disobey us, we should encourage them to do the right thing. Not condemn them, make them feel like trash. Now, don't get me wrong, sometimes we need to get stern and we need to punish and there needs to be consequences when they disobey, right? That's, that's a whole different conversation. We're not going to get into that. But it's not our goal to condemn them and tell them that they're terrible children. We love them through it because our goal is to help them get better. Now check this out. Just like we don't condemn our children for not living the way we want them to, we also don't say, you know what, buddy? This is pretty hard for you, isn't it, following, the, following this rule? Maybe it's not wrong to do that after all. I guess you can continue to do that bad thing. No, you don't do that with your kids. Absolutely not. We don't compromise the rules that we set for them because they don't want to follow them or they seem incapable of following them. No, we love them by showing them the right way, encouraging them to live that way. Now, I need you to understand something, and this is so important, and I think this is such a problem in our culture today. It's huge. It's huge in our culture today, and I, think, I feel like it's one of the biggest problems when you have two sides to any, any issue, the homosexual issue, the, the race issue, the police issue, like any of these things that are going on in our culture right now, you have two sides, and there's, this is the number one problem, I feel like. I am not loving my children if I let them do something that is harmful to themselves, right? I don't say, oh, oh, Keaton, you want to go play in the street? Go for it, buddy. That's not loving. That is not loving. Not at all. Check this out. There is a difference between love and acceptance or agreement. In our culture today, it's like if you don't agree with something, you automatically hate me. If you don't agree with me, you hate me. That's ridiculous. How do we make that jump? Because you don't agree with me, you hate me? That No, I don't have to agree with everything you do to love you. In fact, if I agree with everything you did, especially the things that you're doing to hurt yourself, that is the opposite of love. So if someone is living in a way that is not good for them, if I love them, if I care about them, I will help them live in a better way, or at least speak truth to them in some way. If I didn't care about them, I would allow them to just keep doing the destructive path, you know, live that destructing path that they're on. So the, tra- the, the, the challenge is sticking to our biblical beliefs and still loving people. Do you see how that could be hard to juggle? 
We need to do it like Jesus did, encouraging, loving, understanding, not like the Pharisees, judgmental, condemning, pointing fingers. Validating someone's life choices is not the same as loving them. We need to love people. And our motivation has got to be about bringing people closer to Jesus. Not calling someone out or, or shaming them or condemning them because they are living a sinful life. We should want people to know Jesus so badly and we should want them to not be separated from him with such a passion that we help them, encourage them, show them why living for him is the best way. Here's the bottom line for today. I want you to get this. We should want people to live for Jesus so deeply that we love them towards him. So badly, like I just want people to know God and live for him and not live a destructive life so badly, like that's my heart. I want the heart of Jesus that I need to love these people towards him. This means two things. Number one, it means not compromising our beliefs and values. Okay, to love someone, we have to live the biblical beliefs that we believe in. That's the easy, thing to, the easy thing to do is to compromise. It's easy to just go with the flow and not hold tight to what we believe in when those around us are calling us out for the way that we're living and the things we believe. Now remember, I am not talking about standing up for what you believe in. Jesus doesn't need you to stand up for him. The Bible doesn't need you to tell people that it's right. It's right no matter what you say. The main thing is this that you live out what the Bible tells you and not change your beliefs for the world, not compromise. Music team, will you please come? Loving people towards Jesus, number two, means helping other people to live for him more. Listening to them, encouraging them. Like, what? So tell me, where, why do you believe this? How do you, why do you live this way? Do you, like, here, what do you think the Bible says about this, right? Like, loving people, encouraging them, and ultimately inviting them to a journey with Jesus. There are so many hurting people and lost people around us that need to know Jesus, and we, we could be the ones that connect them to him. You know people that need him and need his love in their lives. That neighbor that is always rude to you, the family member that is addicted, the coworker that seems so lonely, the teenager that is so confused, the, that Facebook friend that obviously does not share your views or beliefs. All of these people, man, they need they need him. They need his love. And these people, even if they're hard people to love, they need it. And, and God has called us to give them that love and to lead them to him. But, as I alluded to a little bit earlier, there is no doubt that this combination of, com of not compromising our beliefs and still loving people, it is hard. This is combination is hard because so many people in our world today are so offended so easy and you hate me because you don't agree with me and you ask me to no and I, I've had this happen to me many times over the eight years that I've been here I, I think there have been probably 10 different times where I have 
hurt people. I have offended people and I feel terrible about it and I don't mean to. I care. I want you to grow closer to God. I want to help you know him. And I say things multiple times in conversations like, please understand, I'm not judging you. I care about you. I want to see you moving towards God. But they get angry because they ask me for my opinion or they ask me to help them grow and then they don't like my my view on something. They don't like my position on something. And listen, I don't, I don't just call random people, okay? I don't just call random people and like, hey, I saw you doing this last week. You need to change, okay? No, 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 no. It's friends of mine or people that want to talk to me about moving forward with God. And it doesn't always end up like I want it to. It's hard. The last thing that I was gonna say all of us, but most of us. I know there's some people who like confrontation. But the last thing that most of us want to do is offend someone or hurt them or judge them. So let's try our best with the guidance of the Holy Spirit to live the lifestyle that Jesus wants us to while loving every person around us. God, all of us, all of us could use a bit more of your heart downloaded into us. Help us to love people in the way that you want them to. Sometimes that's sharing the truth. Sometimes that's keeping quiet and keeping our mouths shut. Either way, give us the strength to live for you no matter what's going on around us, no matter what our culture tries to get us to believe, no matter what the people around us say to us. God, maybe we're the ones that people have tried to talk to and we've been offended. God, help us not be offendable people, but listen and, 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 and try to grow towards you no matter what, no matter way, the way we're living. God, get rid of the shame in our lives. Let us not feel that any longer. Help us to live a balanced life of love and truth that only you can show us how to do. Let us, let us see people like you do and give us the guidance to help us interact with them like you would. One last thing before we go, maybe you're here and you've never made a commitment to follow Jesus. Maybe because you were shamed away from him. Somebody said something to you and they were judgmental and they were rude and, and they made a mistake and they wrecked it for you and God. Listen, maybe there's another reason. Maybe it's because you didn't really care about God before this. Maybe there's a completely different reason that whatever it is, you haven't made that commitment to follow Jesus. I want to make sure that everyone here today has an opportunity to start following Jesus. You see, every single one of us, every one of us are sinners. And we have put a gap between ourselves and God. But God has offered us a way back to him where we get to live with him now and for eternity in heaven. There's this free gift of salvation that he has for us, right? Jesus died on the cross for us to get rid of our sins, to bridge that gap between us and God. We just need to simply believe Jesus is who he says he is and make him the Lord of our life. So here's the question. And I'd like everybody here to bow your head and close your eyes for just one more minute if you're not already, just for some privacy, for a time of reflection. If you are in this place and you have never asked Jesus to forgive you, and you've never made the commitment to make him Lord of your life, and maybe you wanna do that today. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand right now and keep it up for just a second so I can pray with you. If there's anybody in this place, 
Yeah, thank you. And if you're online right now, there's a button or a link that you can click on to tell us that you want to make this commitment today. We want to pray for you as well. Is there anybody else who says, that's me, I want to do that today? Awesome. Here's what I want to do. I want us to pray. I want us to pray this prayer out loud together and mean it with all of our hearts. If we're, meaning, if we're making this decision for the first day to follow God, just like, this is not magic words. These aren't magic words, but it's something to just make this commitment, to verbalize your commitment. And if you're here and you've already made this commitment, just pray with us to help us out here. Everybody in this place, pray, God, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me. Jesus, I believe that you are my savior. Please forgive me of my sins and help me to live for you from now on. Amen, amen. Let's celebrate that together. Can we do that? That's awesome. Biggest decision you can ever make to follow Jesus and to live for him. Now, before you go, if you made that decision to start following Jesus, whether you raised your hand or you just, like, I want to do this, uh, you can grab a Connect card and on the back, on the prayer side, check the box that says, I want to follow Jesus. And uh, we're going to follow up with you because we want to continue to help you through this journey. Come find me, hand me that card, or drop it in one of the offering boxes on your way out. If you'd like to continue to spend time with God, you don't have to rush out of here. This place can be a place of prayer at the altars, in your seat, whatever. Otherwise, let us go out of this place today rejuvenated and ready to show people what a true follower of Jesus looks like. Can we do that? All right, you have a great week. Thanks for being here.